Like for Like is a production of Plantastic Fanet Media. For more information, head to plantasticfanet.com. Hey everyone, Joe here. You're listening to Like for Like, a podcast where my friends and I talk to some interesting people about being a creator in the world of social media. My co-host today is Alex. Hey, what's up? You'll hear our conversation right after the break. Later, William Burke will be joining us to talk about his comic Welcome Home and the game of the same name that is currently in development. As usual, the timestamp for that interview will be in the show notes. That's how it goes, man. When you really wanted to create something, you got to like dip into that. um, You got to jump in the pool. You got to like really just. I think that's why so many rough drafts are so bad. Yeah. Because like (laughs) you get excitement from like from from your id, from like your 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 base desires, from like some stuff you should see to some stuff you should go to therapy about. (laughs) And then you read it later and you're like, okay, I'll remove this. Talk to my therapist about it <laughs> and keep this and make it more mature and better. Yeah, you need but, that. But those bones are always there, there. To, uh, to sort of classify things into the right categories, put the nouns and verbs in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take your shrieking and make a message out of it. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, like, I've been there. I like the idea of it just just literally translating a scream into a story. Like you just record yourself screaming for an hour and then you're like, oh, I, I know exactly what that's about. Well, if it's literal, now you're talking about punk music. <laughs> I mean, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, punk storytelling. What's a good genre for that? Punk storytelling. Yeah. Hmm. Indie. <laughs> yeah, I, think I guess. <laughs> Country. <laughs> uh, <woo. laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Let me, let me think about that for a bit. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, old maybe like real country, country, not like the, I was not like the say, fake shit. Yeah, yeah, like like real old school country. I mean, I guess there's still some of that out there, but oh, it's uh, definitely out there. It's uh, it's hard to find. That's why I so rarely want to seek out country music. Yeah, because like I don't have to. If I turn on the radio, I'm gonna hear shit country. But I live in New Braunfels, Texas. If I want good country, I'll go out to a bar, go to the patio, there'll be two dudes playing acoustic guitar, and they'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't listen to the radio for country. It's all <laughs> shit. It's all bullshit. Don't listen to the radio. Also, oh, also living in New Braunfels, I'm able to pick up some San Antonio stations, which means 91.7 jazz. Yes, this is good. So, mm-hmm. Stick yeah, to the I, college I, stations. I will say there there are some pretty good radio stations around here, actually. Yeah. Like KTSW. I uh, found, found some good stuff through there yeah. back in the day. They do kind of overplay their... They're sort their, of like uh, standard assortment of indie tunes. Yeah, yeah. Their catalog <laughs> of like 50 or 60 songs. Yeah. Yeah. But, a little bit, I mean, little I guess, too much. But they're still fun. I listen to them sometimes. Yeah. Well, and they're probably limited by, uh, you know, whatever funding Texas State is able to give them. And then uh, whatever bands are willing to let them play their stuff. God, that, that really sucks it. As bands would be probably moving away from actual radio stations and moving closer to digital radio stations. Yeah. Moving closer to like uh, being featured on a on a Spotify. Yeah. I hadn't even something. thought about that before. Like being on a Spotify playlist or something like that is like yeah. the thing these days. Like, I mean, getting a song of mine played on the radio would still be really exciting, but it wouldn't. I feel like it wouldn't have as much of an effect 
as getting featured on some sort of playlist or on some popular blog. Over a thousand upvotes on a Reddit post. Yeah. Of the music genre of your choosing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I was considering uh, um, eventually posting uh, uh, some Black Fog stuff to uh, to some of the noise music subreddits. I don't really want to do the first. Um, I'm in here somewhere, I promise you. But that second one, I kind of want to do because I think for uh, you know dark ambient, I think it's more accessible. Dude, I went to start it last night. I started downloading all of the songs, and then I started editing the podcast for tomorrow. Yeah, and I ended up just editing the entire podcast episode for tomorrow in one night. So, okay. so I That's haven't fine. touched the second black fog thing again. But I did at least spend all night editing stuff that I was supposed to edit, which is good because I've been bad about that lately. Stuff due tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I was planning on just doing it tonight after the interview, but. Oh, that's a that's a lot of podcast. Oh, uh, a couple nights ago, I uh, uh, went back and recorded more from the third nice record, and and there's a section in there that I uh, like. I want that to just be one super duper long track, okay. incredibly long track with like a bunch of mini tracks inside of that. So it's like okay. basically scripted. Yeah. Um, and there's one section kind of towards the beginning, maybe in the first or second act, if you will. <laughs> God, I'm fucking. No, uh, that's. <laughs> I don't think it's pretentious. I think that's, uh, and that's actually something I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to talk to you about, um, like storytelling in, in music, because um, mm-hmm. with obviously with the the first Black Fog album, there's sort of a vague story being told uh, throughout the album. It's it's more of like, uh, sort of a series of emotions, I think, than any like than a straightforward narrative. A, but a, a series of emotions are probably the the um, the Black Fog records I want to do right now. Period. And right now I want to do four. Yeah. So I have the first. I have the first one released. I have the second one recorded, and mm-hmm. you know, just whenever. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and the third one I'm recording right now, and the fourth one I know what is. What, the fourth one I think would be the biggest undertaking, even though the third one right now is one big long track. Mm-hmm. But the fourth one I've had the idea for that since the last see you in the morning record yeah i like had this uh um emotional uh uh, uh cover design that i um pitched to the lineup then in like mm-hmm. late 2014 and uh and they were like this is you know kind of kind of pretty and kind of cool but it's also really dark and not all of our record sounds like that and i was like okay yeah you're right okay, but, yeah. but then i looked at it and i was like i'm gonna make this into my own thing and now four and a quarter years later I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it, man. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> Story of my life. I'm going to do it, man. Um, I, I get that. Those are the uh, those are the general plans. And um, like I was saying for the third one, a couple nights ago, I recorded a section that I was uh, looking forward to doing for a while called The Eight and a Half Minutes, where I just repeat a chord structure for that long. <laughs> um, and instead of looping, I just you know re- repeated the same. Um, you can get a metronome off just Google. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, thank God. Uh, set that to like 50 BPM mm-hmm. and just played four chords over it the whole time. <laughs> and I'm going to like have it steadily change every 60 seconds or so mm-hmm. as I'm editing it. With that whole project, it's those first four records that are all kind of telling it. Just a personal story, not really a relatable one, but just something yeah. I need to get out there. Um, well, I mean, that's... Sometimes that's all that's important. Uh, one of many things that are important. What's also important is doing fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what we were doing this past summer is um, 
writing some metal songs mm-hmm. that possibly could have been about uh, uh, one large uh, fun, maybe even fantasy based story. Do you remember that mm-hmm. song we were writing with um, with Stephen? Yeah. Was Barry with us, too? Uh, for for one session. Yeah, maybe two might have been. I don't remember. But anyway, we were writing a, a, this really cool, like sludgy power metal track. Yeah. Which sounds like opposite ends of the spectrum, which is a good thing because that means it's interesting. Uh-huh. And uh, God, it was like some like um, yeah. I think we were tentatively the, calling it Goliath because uh, because I wanted to. <laughs> I was like, guys. my mind is focused on William because that's the name of our guest, but I can't remember the, uh, David. David and Goliath. Jesus <laughs> yeah. <Christ. laughs> William and Goliath. Like a skeleton walks out and just curses out Goliath. <laughs> that's that would be Williams. <laughs> Version. Yeah, maybe. And it's all black and white. And then uh, Goliath. Or like the fish man. <laughs> yeah. Like the melty face. Yeah. The Goliath just starts melting. And he's like, he's like, William, skeleton man, I'm dying. Help me. And then William's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Speaking of whom, it's almost seven o'clock. So how are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, we're doing well. It's been uh, it's been a pretty chill day. How about yourself? I've been doing scripting, and it's it's quite frustrating because I haven't figured out what exactly is wrong with the scripting that I've been doing. Yeah. The I've been working on a game project, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of been by myself, um, and a lot of a lot of I, I'm kind of learning how to do it as I do it. Yeah. That's the best way. Is it the best way, though? Because you're creating, at least. <laughs> yeah, this is true. You, you are creating. But, uh, yeah, that can be terribly frustrating. Yeah, I know uh, Jonathan, uh, one of our regular co-hosts, is is not here uh, this time around. But uh, me and him, over the last year or so, have been working on a game ourselves. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's sort of on the back burner now. Um, while we've figured some things out, we're, we're sort of... Uh, shuffling things around and repurposing that project um oh, yeah. that, that we were rather ambitious in our first attempt <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no i i, I remember uh, my first attempt at the project i'm making now i'm like i'm gonna make it 3d i'm gonna use unreal engine and it's gonna be great and then that didn't happen <laughs> Yeah, that's basically that's basically where we fell out too. Like, yeah. uh, Jonathan is uh, is crazy talented and able to learn things really easily, and uh, he spent a good amount of time learning how to uh, render some real world objects uh, into three D sculpts. And yeah. uh, it was basically like the amount of time and effort this is going to take is just not <laughs> worth it. Yeah. See, what I'm trying to do is like um, pixel stuff yeah like i I see games like um hotline miami and undertale and then i started to realize wait a minute i can do that yeah this is just dots on a screen effectively yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah so we actually wanted to talk to you about welcome home um i just played that game last night did you really what did you think of it i was mad when it ended (laughs) (laughs) you it you really did a good job at making me want more of the game yeah you know See, the, the original intention of that project was sort of like me trying to teach myself how to play a game. And then it kind of just sort of built itself from there. And then I posted a, uh, 
a Garfield meme, and then I suddenly got 2,000 downloads of it, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I gotta finish it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> been seeing that one all over the place. Facebook, yeah. friends of mine have been posting that. Yeah. So, good. You know, good for you. Yeah, how did that, uh... How did that happen, the the Garfield meme? Like, what what was that like? Where did you post that, and how did it blow up? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, like, I, I went through... Um, my, my computer broke, and I, I wasn't able to do any art and post it for three days. And this is this was at a time when I was just sort of doing it for myself. I, <laughs> I had a total of, like, ten followers. And this was just, like, in October. And, yeah. And I remember I, I finally got it fixed, and that night I drew just... Like, I, I just thought it was funny. And then I posted it on Reddit, on, like, the Cursed Images subreddit. I'm the reason they don't allow art there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because so so many people were reposting that images, and they were just like, we're not going to allow art anymore because of this. But I, I remember waking up. Um, I thought it was my alarm. Mm-hmm. But it was just so many notifications firing off that it just kept vibrating my phone. That's so good. That's amazing, because not only is that a new rule on Cursed Images, but I'm pretty sure that created its own uh, uh, Cursed Garfield subreddit. <laughs> Did it really? I think so. I, I forget what it's called, but it's, uh, well, you know, something along the lines of Cursed Garfield or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was more of just me frustrated not being able to draw for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's just throw a creepy Garfield at the internet and see what sticks. Yeah. But for you, that also inspired... Um, dark versions of other cartoons as well. I remember seeing a SpongeBob and Patrick on your Instagram. Um, yeah, no, like a lot of people were asking for like more, but I I, I didn't want to stick with one thing because I, I thought it made, like corruptions of like child or children cartoons has been like a thing for a while, but I, I've never seen it done on a level of such detail. And I, I wanted to try to start doing that. Yeah, yeah. just bring that uh, sort of surrealist almost like hyper realist style uh to those characters it's great there's a youtuber who took your four cursed garfield images and made them into uh game boy style uh two minute long videos that guy contacted me and really i I subscribed to his channel right after i found it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no he contacted me and he actually asked permission to do it and like of of course i'm gonna let him do that because they're they're amazing like i I saw the first one i'm like you need to keep making these yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's wonderful and props to that guy for reaching out to the original artist yeah that's classy that's a good move that's good uh you don't always see that these days let's let's get on the topic of uh of welcome home uh i sort of wanted to start off with the comic because that came first chronologically i made that comic in high school there are so (laughs) many typos in that comic and see what when i started trying to make the game i was like i I already have this idea you know like i was just trying to figure out how to move a character around the screen (laughs) yeah um so i was like it just i might as well use this and it, it started to develop into its own thing it, it, it's far from what the comic was yeah I, I even feel now that it like it's it's the the only resemblance to the comic that it has now is just the main character if i changed the sprite it would be probably no relation i think where where did that idea for the original uh for the original comic come from it sort of it sort of reminded me of uh the scp wiki if you've ever heard of that um yes. which we we've talked about multiple about. times on the podcast uh, yeah yeah a couple it, episodes it ago it was definitely inspired 
by SCP. I, awesome. I, um, there was this huge genre of games um, that, like, they're, they're weird, surrealist, like, uh, pixel games. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, all of them are inspired by Earthbound. <laughs> but um, there, there's there's games like Off and Yuminiki. Um, there's one called uh, Lisa. Yes. Okay. The Painful, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, and I, I, I was just like really inspired by like these these really neat stories and atmosphere that people were able to create with just just pixels and just these tiny pieces of software and I, I wanted to um do something like that that's really cool what was the process of starting development on that game like because obviously you you hadn't done anything like that before right no <laughs> <laughs> it it really it really was because because I never really developed a game before it really was just trying to look at tutorials and figure out how other people were doing it it, it wasn't until like a few months ago that I was like all right let's plan this out make all of like the, the skeletal work and then make the whole game because I was kind of working backwards a game is usually structured. You, you get all of the, the the difficult components done, like the, the the engines, the 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 mechanics, all of that stuff, and that's usually done in like one tiny room in the game. And then that's when yeah. you expand and uh, make all the levels and stuff yeah. around those mechanics. Now, what I was doing was I was making every mechanic and level as uh, I, I was basically trying to make the game in the order that the game was supposed to be played, and that <laughs> it, it, it it was tedious and it didn't really work. That sort of makes but. sense, though, if you're learning <laughs> along the way um, yeah. to just like as you reach the next hurdle. Okay, what what do I need to learn next to conquer this thing? It does make sense, but man, from a programming perspective, that's got to be like adding more to a house of cards. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I remember getting really frustrated, like. Like, oh my god, this is taking so long. But that's because I was just doing it in the wrong order. Yeah. Mm. So was that when you decided to reach out to others for help? Like, how did you uh, how did you get that sort of small team that's starting to develop there together? I actually just contacted my friends because I, I had uh, a couple friends. One, one was uh, going into, like, AI and engineering, and, and he knew a little bit about uh, game programming, and I had a friend who was very good with music development, and I was like, guys, <laughs> let's make a video game. <laughs> That's how and it then, starts. <laughs> yeah, and it, they helped me with it. Uh, the What they helped me with was a lot of, like, bug fixing and uh, repairing my awful coding habits. Did you use spaces instead of tabs? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to know? There's no judgment here. Um, okay. Forgive Joe. He's a big spreadsheet nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I have lately been learning uh, Excel formulas, and it's it's really weird. Um, I didn't know that that spreadsheet programs were capable of what they're capable of, and it's blowing my mind. Really? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I decided to make a like a random term generator using Excel yeah. that pulls from like three columns of words that are. When you string them together, they sort of make a descriptor of like what a caster's version of magic missile looks like. So you can get like <laughs> your own unique sort of shaped magic missile. I don't know. I'm weird and I like D and followed your Instagram. You you do a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff, like a lot yeah. of maps and things. I really appreciate that. I, I um, <laughs> thank you. 
I, I, I used to play, well, I still play um, a lot of um, D&D and uh, something called World of Darkness. Okay. Uh, sp- specifically Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, I haven't played Vampire or any of the World of Darkness uh, variants yet, and I, I really want to. It's it's definitely worth picking up. Um, I think I think the Vampire ones are the most easiest to get into. But, cool. Uh, there, there is a game on Steam that's actually based off of Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, it's it's just called Vampire the Masquerade, right? Yeah. <laughs> return to that conversation in just a moment. We don't have any sponsors for today's episode, but you're supporting the show just by listening, so thanks. If this is your first time here, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you can, and share our show with your friends. Word of mouth is really the best way to help us reach more people. Uh, Alex, you want to tell the, the, the you want to tell the people where to what? find your stuff? What? <laughs> this is. I hope all of 2019 is not like this. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, Alex here. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as at Alex Shags Alston. Nice. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joseph R. Strom. And you can find my blog and some music stuff on uh, plantasticplanet.com. That's, uh, that's pretty much that for me. You can find our guest, William Burke, on Instagram at will underscore 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 Burke. That's three underscores. And his website is williamburkart.com. So head over there to support him and check out Welcome Home. Now back to the interview. Let's talk about your Discord server. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's actually a running theme. I've noticed some of the artists that we've had on the show have their own Discord servers. Um, what what prompted you to start that? And like, what was the response from your fan it base? Was, it was a lot of people asking me to do it. And it, I, I thought it would just be interesting interacting with these people like directly because like it, it, with Instagram, there's a lot of comments and everything, but like there's not a lot of like, like direct voice chats and actual communicating with people but like i i, I guess what what it's turned into and I, I think i think this is something i wanted to do from the start like I, i'm trying to turn it into like uh, a hub for uh creators to collaborate with each other and like i i wanted to plan like a lot of contests to get people to collaborate because i i think it's really important for artists um especially online to like network and communicate with other artists and like work in a team because a, a lot of times especially when you're just doing art online you can feel isolated from the rest of the community and like collaborating directly with other people especially when they have the same artistic interests as you yeah it's very very good (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is a very very good thing no i completely agree um it's it's really easily easy considering how connected we all are these days to to get yourself isolated yeah that lack of community can feel really disheartening and like you know i i I see a lot of um like this is partly what inspired me to try to make a game in the first place because i I see all of these popular titles just made by like some dudes in their garage with a computer and you know like i i think that's that's a great way to start getting into this stuff like just just absolutely having fun with it 
you know, um, like for, for me, I sort of, uh, I, I've learned this stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've tried to go to college and it, it hasn't exactly worked out for me, <laughs> but <laughs> the way, the way I taught myself how to do things is just talking with other people online and, you know, again, collaborating with yeah. people. And they, you know, again, back to the Discord server, that's that's why I wanted to create it, because that's that's what gave me the ability to do what I do. And I, I want other people to have that yeah. chance as well. One of the main reasons why we wanted to get into the Discord server subject is that Joe uh, went onto your Discord and asked some of your fans questions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. For us to ask you, <laughs> really? Yeah, I just, I just. Sort oh, of they're like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some that uh, that were questionable, um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how explicit you want to go. We don't really have any bar for this podcast yet. Anyways, yeah. So, so I went on the uh, introduce yourself channel. Uh, I don't use Discord enough. I really need to to get on there more. Because it is a really cool, it is. It's a really cool place. Exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> um, so I went on the introduce yourself, introduce yourself channel that you have, and uh, you know, just talked about myself a little bit and mentioned that we were going to interview you on the podcast. And th- somebody just asked a question, and I was like, "Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I should <laughs> ask for questions." Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read through some of the questions here. You can you can answer them if you want. Okay. So the first question is from somebody who goes by Walken on the server. Oh, I like this question. Uh, ask him if he has a huge dick, and huge is in all caps. <laughs> yeah, it was oh really important. It's really important. That's the most important question. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're oh, welcome, Walken. You're welcome. <laughs> Heard it here first. Yeah. Get into that real shit. Okay. Um, Walken also asked, who is Will Burke? Who is Will Burke? Uh, he's a guy with a shitty computer uh, who made a meme about Garfield. <laughs> that's, and that's many it. other things. <laughs> and many other things. Yeah. You're many defined by more than your likes, Will. That's true. <laughs> Um, okay, Spooker, uh, Spooker was, uh, chastised by Pester Jest. Um, oh, he's one of the moderators. Told him to be, uh, be serious. Be serious. (laughs) But then Spooker brought it around, um, would Will like to express his artistic abilities throughout other mediums? Yes, I actually really, I'm really interested in in getting into film. Um, when I was, when I was in uh, high school, I used to do, like, a lot of, um, like stupid skits with my friends. Um, Same here. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I really liked the idea. And I, it, the most fun I've had is like going out into the woods and, and filming stuff for like different movies. But like, I, I need, I need to do like a lot of research on camera equipment and editing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, um, it can be kind of overwhelming to, uh, mm-hmm. uh to start looking at camera equipment. Um, and how expensive it all is and how difficult it all is to obtain realistically. Uh, I say this because I've done a lot of filming in the past and I've screened at film festivals with some short movies over the past, like, uh, five, 10 years. Um, but what you just said, grabbing a camera, grabbing some friends, running out into the woods, <laughs> shooting whatever you want, that is incredible. 
it's, it's so yeah. worth it at the end of the day, no matter what happens. I think I think my fondest memories are from doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I, I I'm of a firm believer, like you don't need the, the highest uh, equipment to get like interesting things done. Like um, I guess, I guess you have to like work within your limitations. Like if you have a shitty camera, see what you can do with like shitty footage like maybe you can make like a found footage yeah. thing with that type of thing yeah or something completely like that. agreed and like completely. and like a lot of creativity comes from limitations like that yeah get yourself on some marble hornets <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> yeah why not i say similar things about um music yeah you know like if someone has the best amp the best guitar they could start playing it and they probably you know they might not know what they're playing but if an yeah. if an incredibly talented musician has like a first act guitar they could probably make it sound good yeah if they know what they're doing definitely and same goes with uh, uh so many other types of artistic mediums or even somebody with that drive to create like talent almost isn't even a factor these days if you, if you have the passion like the drive to take on a project like it's really easy to show people that with social media and that kind of thing like it's easy to show people that you're excited and to get them excited sort of by proxy yeah yeah and it also links back to the game that you've been making. You know, if, if, <laughs> if, if a pixelated graphic works, then it works. And it, it has works. worked in the past. And I feel it yeah. does work for the demo that you've released. So the, the, demo, the demo that I've released is only like one area. Hang on. I actually have a to-do list of different parts of the game. Let me play this. <laughs> May I just say that, like, part of the reason why I was frustrated when your demo ended when it did is that it's such a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, it, like once, um, like, right, right now in the game, you get to the part where it, it, it's right before I wanted to end it because th- there was a lot of stuff I wanted to add to the demo before. I just, I just didn't have time to add more to it. Um, right. But like, you, you were supposed to be able to get. Uh, fuses for the elevator and get the elevator to work and then a ton of other floors were supposed to open up and like the the rest of the game is you walking around this again as scp like facility trying to figure out what this is and, and what it's for and why people are being contained here yeah and you eventually the the last area which is it's it's locked off until you can get certain key items um is going to be the basement Technically, it's called the basement's basement, but <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. The crawl space. <laughs> yeah, that's no, good. it's really cool. Thank you. And you kind of have to rush to those um, finales sometimes just to finish your proof of concept. That the first version of this game was just walking around and interact. It, it was just literally a room, mm-hmm. and you walked around, interacted with a few items, and a text box appeared. And the text was like not quite inside the text box. <laughs> Um, and every time you entered a room, you would had something to do with the X and Y coordinates and like changing the X and Y coordinates, depending on which door you went in. But I didn't know how to do that. So every time you went into the room, you were in the same exact place. (laughs) So it it was a little disorienting, but. So the graphics of the location would change, but the graphics of your character would not. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. Something, something that I tried to do because like there's not a lot you can do in terms of like uh, realistic horror in um, in like a pixel based game. Some, something mm-hmm. I tried to do. I, I have no idea if, if it's effective or not because I, I, it hasn't been commented on. But I, I tried to 
increase the resolution of certain NPCs and like profile boxes for those mm -hmm. NPCs um, yeah. to make them look completely uh, unnatural to the environment. Like you're, you're so used to looking at this cute little pixel environment and then suddenly this hyper-realistic image of a fucking face yeah. pops up. <laughs> okay, and it, that's and it a... looks uncanny. Okay, firstly, great idea. Secondly, that reminds me of a section of the game. The uh, um, the room that you unlock with all the black and white rooms and there's like something oh, in the yeah. oven. And then yes. you like go up to the bedroom and there's that tall lady there. Mm -hmm. uh, that is 100% <laughs> a reference to what is, oh God, what's that book? The, uh, scary stories to tell to kids or like something like that. Yes, it, it is It is a reference to that. <laughs> okay, like I... Because when I was playing it, I thought I picked up on that, but I couldn't remember like where I was picking up on it from. But I was so caught up in the game that I just wanted to continue yeah. going. The um, the the, the uh, where I got this idea was actually from uh, the Courage the Cowardly Dog cartoon. Okay. I, I I kind of became obsessed with how they made all of their visuals so unsettling, even though it was just like a a cartoon and. I eventually came to the conclusion, like, you know, with the, the higher resolution stuff, is that whenever something unnatural happens in that cartoon, they would change the style of animation. Like, the the, the, the Return the Slab mummy uh, is, yeah. like, CGI. Yeah. Uh, compared to, like, the, the normal cartoon that you're seeing, and it, it, it makes it look out of place. I don't know if that was intentional or just, like, a subconscious choice, but it, it, it was certainly effective. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I've never thought about it that way, but... Uh... That's probably why younger me wasn't a huge fan of Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> I've never been a big horror person, which is which is where Alex and I uh, <laughs> disagree probably most often. But I did play some of the you. game. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you think of it? I really liked it actually. Um, I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of anything that has you like going to different rooms and interacting with mm -hmm. things to unfold like layers of a story. So I really liked the whole like walking up to bodies and and. <laughs> like slowly, slowly getting more information about what might have happened to them. Yeah, no, like it, it started out as sort of a, like this was before I figured out how to program an effectively creepy enemy where I was like, okay, you know, the, the enemies suck. I guess I'll just make it an investigative game. <laughs> yeah. I just figured out how to make an enemy like a week ago. So now I'm, I'm thinking of designing some different things for it. Cool. I like the suspense there. That's good. Well, yeah, let's let's take one or two more questions from the Discord. Double King asked, he, he asked, where does he get the inspiration for his artwork? We we talked in a recent episode about how that's an interview question we don't want to ask. It's a very complicated answer because there's not like one thing. I, I never know what people are like expecting when, when they ask a question like that. Oh, it's all from just this one little YouTube video I saw like ages ago or <laughs> yeah. like it's it's this whole film genre it, it's it's more of just like a complicated mix of just things i see and images that i like and movies that i like you know like if i see a movie that i really like and they they do something very specific like um like the the, the compositional shots in a west anderson film it's like i like that i want to make something in the style of that and that that would be a source of inspiration it's it's really just about the things you like i guess <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you get your inspiration from everything that you consume all yeah. the time <laughs> yeah it's all just perception of memories of experiences yeah probably every artist 
man, maybe that is a better interview question than we thought because it did inspire <laughs> that conversation just then. Okay. It could, it could be, I, I think a better way to phrase it, like if, if you could be like more specific where like, you know, like you talk about a specific project, like what inspired this? Yeah. They, they probably have a huge, uh, backstory to, to explain <laughs> that. Yeah. Listen to that discord. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, discord, get on your interview game. Uh, <laughs> Not us. We're fine. Yeah. But like the Discord. <laughs> we're basically experts at this point. Uh, okay. Last one from the Discord. Uh, we got uh, Tammy D one O U O one. Oh, Alex has one more. Okay. We'll we'll do Tammy D's question real quick. Or or Tammy die. They just ask how you feel about your newfound fame. Oh, also uh, honk. Also honk. I <laughs> agree. Um, uh, I, it's incredibly like nerve wracking. It's, it's like really exciting and really nerve wracking because like two months ago, um, I was just sort of sitting at my computer, just doing this for myself. And then now there's a shit ton of eyes looking at my artwork and that's exciting, but it's also like, holy fuck, everyone's watching me now. (laughs) That's a completely reasonable response. Absolutely. (laughs) So in our show notes, there is one user by the name of Dunglord. Dunglord. Ask him about his beaver girl drawings. Beaver what? I don't know, man. Beaver girl drawings. Apparently there's some beaver girl drawings. I it's don't know. It's capitalized too, like it's a proper na- like it's proper title. See, like this is this is one of those this is one of those things that like I probably drew something and then completely <laughs> forgot about and like this person like dug through my backlogs and found something. <laughs> completely forgot about so if if there actually are beaver girl drawings uh i don't remember them (laughs) okay (laughs) okay well sorry dung lord yeah Uh, (laughs) that's also sort of an important thing uh for people to remember about artists is that like you're putting out stuff constantly and not all of it is going to be like emotionally important to you enough that you remember it for the rest of your life that's true a fan base might personify a group of creations or one creation more so than the artist would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it might resonate, you know, with somebody on a specific level that, that for you, that was, you know, maybe not just another art piece, but it at least wasn't on the same level as, you know, something as impactful as a Garfield meme. <laughs> I, I would have to say, um, my, my favorite things to draw Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I do do a lot of horror art and that's, that's usually what people want to see. So I, I do that and I enjoy it, but like I, I do see, I, I don't post this stuff a lot because I, I have no idea if, uh, my audience right now would even, uh, like it, but I, I do do a lot of like, uh, nature, um, illustration. Um, I, I, I live, nice. uh, on an Island off of, uh, when I say island, it's not like, like, <laughs> it's like a football field away from the mainland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of really pretty beaches and woods and stuff that I, that I like to photograph and, and paint. But, you know, I, I, I don't usually post those. I, That's I should interesting. probably start doing that. Though. Yeah. Because some, something I do with horror art, I, I think, I think, I think this is just horror in general. Like un- understanding what nature is helps you understand how to fuck it up yeah completely yeah you're you're understanding the rules by which uh something grows uh yeah Yeah. growth and decay 
That's really cool. Yeah, you definitely should start posting that stuff. And that sort of goes along with uh, the next question I was going to ask, which is uh, pretty much always our our last real question. We call it the Jonathan question because Jonathan always asks it. What do you do for fun outside of the art stuff and outside of game development? Um, what is it you do to sort of like recharge? Like I mentioned earlier, like the the the, the nature stuff I, I draw is, is usually what I like to do in my off time. But you know, I I I, I go fishing with my friends in the summer. I. It's, it's usually just a lot of things that are away from the computer because like whenever I'm drawing and like making video games, I'm, I'm constantly uh, looking at a screen. So like yeah. whenever, whenever I get a chance to, I, I try to go for a walk or just out. <laughs> yeah. there, there's nothing really specific. It's, it's usually just uh, talking with friends or, or going fishing. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's important to uh, <laughs> to remember to sort of, like, get on your feet, like, get some vitamin D, just get some social interaction that isn't, um, <clears throat> that isn't text-based. So before we let you go, uh, do you have any any shout-outs or anything? Uh, any, anything you think people should uh, should check out? I guess uh, if, you, if you haven't already, um, my Instagram is Wilberk uh, with three underscores because I'm an idiot. <laughs> go go check it out. I, I post art there. I, I post uh, game updates there. Cool. Yeah. And I also think... the Discord server. Oh yeah, the, the Discord server. <laughs> also the Discord server. I Where actually... there is a growing Beaver Girl fan base. <laughs> uh, sorry, what did you say, Will? Sorry. <laughs> I, I think I think it's linked on my Instagram. Yes. Yeah. There's a post from a little while back. That was how I found it. I'll link that in the show notes too. What the hell? Yeah. Have an awesome night, man. It was really nice talking to you and um, we'll have to have you back on at some point, especially after that game comes out. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, definitely. You can find show notes for this and other episodes at lflpodcast.com. That's lflpodcast.com. I want to thank my co-host, Alex. Hey, glad to be here. And thanks again to William Burke for joining us. As usual, we've got links in the show notes to some of what we talked about today. So check those out if you're interested. Thank you so much for listening to Like for Like. Take care of yourselves. And remember, there's a place on the internet for everyone. Some of those places are just haunted. Is that why www is... Ooh. It could be. I kill myself. <laughs> I love you, Alex. <laughs> <clears throat> I love when we can end an episode on us laughing. <laughs>